0: Welcome to Arts Equator's Fresh Blood Podcast, where we spotlight new theatre groups and collectives in Singapore. My name is Navila Syed and I'm the editor of Arts Equator. I'm joined today by Ray Poe, an established actor, director and theatre maker in Singapore, game designer, lecturer. Um, he is also the founder of uh, the brand new collective Attempts a participatory theatre collective based in Singapore. The name Attempts comes from their first production, titled Attempts Singapore, staged as part of the M1 Singapore Fringe Festival in 2018. And coming up next is their second production, Dating Sim Beta, happening on the 30th and 31st August as part of Late Night Texting at Centre 42 in Singapore. Hello, Ray.
1: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us about the origin story of Attempts? Mm. You know, how did it come about? Um, I know it starts with your first show, uh, mm. Attempts Singapore mm. and that starting point for that was um, Martin Crimp's play, yeah. Attempts on Her Life, right? That's right? So tell us how did that come about and mm. why that play?
1: Okay, so maybe just a little bit of background on to like... Because uh, Attempts, of course, uh, it's Martin Crimp's Attempts on Her Life and also, the word attempts just have a lot of meaning for me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, I started off doing a lot of work with Drama Box, who does a lot of community theatre. At the same time, they do forum theatre, which is my first uh, interaction with any kind of a participatory uh, form of uh, theatre. Uh, or applied theatre. So we started doing a lot of Forum Theatre and until we kind of evolved to a certain period of time where everybody in the company seems to have departed from Forum Theatre and started doing uh, other forms of interaction with the audience or the community. So when I went back to do my Masters, one of the first questions I asked myself was, what kind of work do I want to go into, right? I know I want to do participatory, I know I want to do interaction but I needed to know uh, in what way that was me. So, two things came about during my uh, study in, in Melbourne VCA, which is, first thing is, uh, I came across this script called Attempts on Her Life by Martin Krim. uh And this is it's such an amazing script because it's it's, it's uh, apparently a, a writing exercise that Martin Crane himself oh. started off writing. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Apparently. <laughs> people okay. say that yeah <laughs> so so it's a series of um uh, snippets of scenes where people attempt a like it's like a b c or like they there's no there isn't any characters a at X, all yeah yeah so it's the lines are not assigned to anyone but these are just people talking about this woman called Ann mm. uh, and there are 17 scenarios and each different scenarios they are talking about her in a very different way or they, they label her an, in a very different way mm. uh, so so that script itself has a lot of meaning to me I'm going to talk about that a little bit later okay. but uh, at the same time also I started to look at what kind of uh, participatory works that I, I want to look into mm. uh, and uh, I started to look at video games right. because then because if I ask myself like oh, what form of medium looks at audience and performance relationship the most, I suppose video game kinda comes out on the top okay. or one of the few of the tops uh, other than board games and stuff like that because they kinda like want to know what is your experience like as you're going through right it's all about the interaction. Okay. So I started looking at video games and then I look at board games and then I look into role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. So I kinda like uh, wanted and, and am interested to look at video games and what that means, right? Um, so I started my journey there. Uh, so actually before Attempts Singapore, there was Attempts Melbourne. Oh, okay. Uh, which is a, um, my final year, year school production. So what I did was, I look at the script and I go like, what does it mean to me? And what do I want the audience to experience? And hence, Attempts Melbourne kind of came out along the way. Mm. So it was just a, a long journey of me. I mean, since the start of the day where I joined Dramabots me trying and trying and trying trying to find myself i suppose yeah. trying to find my art trying right. to find my voice yeah and i suppose the word attempts kind of pops out when i look at attempts on her life be it somebody attempting to define who you are or be it how you are trying to uh, define who you are right mm. through your successes or through your failures right so attempts is me knowing that I just keep trying and trying and trying, and to me that's important, rather than having a lot of successful productions. Yes, to same. me, it's just constantly trying. So yes. I, I suppose I embrace that mentality. Second of all, uh, the, the script itself has a strong feminist element to it. Feminist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a strong feminist element to it, and and my partner, uh, uh Z. Yeah. And, good friend of her uh, she's a <laughs> dramaturg as well yeah. uh, she's an actor uh, and she is a feminist artist so mm. that kind of influenced me a lot right. and um, so at times felt like that point of life where i had a huge change mm. in direction of my art and my personality as, and my person and how i view life
0: wow so that to me was
1: significant significant too yeah mm.
0: that's crazy because it's like Uh, the idea of a play changing your life or affecting the course of your life Mm. um this is definitely like an example of that so Mm. that's really interesting can i just pick up on since you've mentioned what attempts means Mm. right the Mm. name of your collective that's right and it seems like you've put a lot of thought into the name of it Mm. um i like what you said about failures Mm. because i know that uh you when you talk about your cv i think recently or maybe in recent years you've been talking about your CV in terms of a list of key, maybe key failures mm. instead of key achievements or successes. Yeah. Which is very interesting, right? Mm. People don't usually do that. People don't highlight their failures. Mm. So why why have you done that? And mm. has, has there been a shift in the way you think about failing and, mm. and succeeding and how that ties in with attempts?
1: Mm. Mm. So I think a, a couple of things here. Uh, First of all, the idea of video games is this, right? The video games is based on failing. Mm. <laughs> video games are never based on, uh, oh, let's try to get this, right? That's an objective. But if you look at, like, say for example, very simply, uh, Super Mario. Super Mario is based on where you fail. Right. And learning from the experience of where you fail, like, you know, you, 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 you run and then you jump and then all of a sudden there's this like, invisible block <laughs> appears and you're like, oh, now I hit that block. Uh, and then when you do it again, you know not to hit that block. So essentially, a lot of video games, a lot of very good video games is about giving you a very meaningful failure.
0: Right.
1: And learning from it. So uh, my mentor, uh, uh, I have a mentor uh, called Tassos and he's from um, Kony HQ from UK London. So he once told me saying that it's okay to let your audience fail in doing what they are trying to do within your game. Yes but it needs to be meaningful. Mm. It needs to be like, oh my god, I failed, but I learned so much more by failing than succeeding. Yes. So to me, I think that's interesting because theatre is like that one. The whole idea of tragedy or the whole idea of not being able to have that happy ending, right? Achieve your
0: goals. Uh, That you
1: learn something through it. Right. So to me, I think that's interesting. Second of all, it's also like, you know, uh, me trying to be a little bit more kind and generous to myself, which I kind of find as as a Singaporean Chinese (laughs) especially you know you're very hard on yourself you know there's you have to be perfect you have to like be achieving something by what age and
0: the model citizen yeah the model citizen worker Mm, mm, mm.
1: and i just realized that i just don't have that many things to grab on and go like i'm really good at this Mm. But I'm very good at looking at myself and go, like, I failed at this, right? right? right. Uh, and go like, hey, look, I tried this and this and I just didn't make it. Yeah. Um, which I'm kind of embracing yes. it right now. Yeah. Sometimes it's, there's a better story to tell at failing than a better story to tell at succeeding.
0: Yeah. Mm. And I like that because especially as a collective base in Singapore, mm. in Singapore, success is so much you know, very prized, so turning the conversation around to Mm. focus on failing and learning from failures, I feel is like very meaningful and it makes sense why you would be doing this kind of work here. But Can you tell us about your first production, Attempt Singapore, Mm. Um, what was that experience like putting that show together?
1: So as as you know, I I did the I mentioned I did the attempts at Melbourne before, and yeah. so I got like a bunch of actors, and they came in and it was just me in the dark, uh, trying to figure out what happens, right? Uh, and I had a lot of anxiety, uh, while doing the Melbourne one, mm-hmm. uh, and but end of the day it was it was kind of a, it was kind of a success because you know audience came in they were like oh my god this is so interesting right yeah uh, this is not something that we generally have been to yeah. Uh, especially in, in a smaller scale in Melbourne, because every show is only 20 to 22 people. <laughs> so it's easier to have very good response from a small group of people than to have like 200 and then someone don't like your play. Right. Um, can, you,
0: can you first um, tell us about uh, Attempts, um, the show? Like yeah. what was it about?
1: Yeah. Okay, so uh, Martin Krim's Attempts on at Her Life, uh, the whole idea was them trying to define who this person Anne is. So I was really interested in uh, how we look at this woman and we attempt to label this woman. So basically the show is a little bit more about male gaze, right? Right? Yes. Be it what gender you have, what kind of gaze are you applying on this person? Now how you define this person, right? Uh, it was my quest to defeating the patriarchy, whatever <laughs> that means. Because I realized it resides in me. So at the same time it was my artistic value, uh my personal value. At the same time, it's also me exploring my own patriarchy that recites in me. You know, how mm. I look at women, how I go, like, oh, I want to put this underwear as an art to uh, you know, comment about <laughs> sex, you know. Mm. Um
0: and questioning that, why yeah. do you think that mm. way? We...
1: And artists do that, and I realize I do that too, right? Oh. I'm going to have this man stab this woman. So it creates an image in theatre. But, you know, what? essentially what you're doing, you're objectifying women. Mm. Uh, and and I do that a lot mm. in my class. Without
0: realising. Without realising. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I think it was my conquest to, to kind of uh, look at it and go, no. So what we got the audience to do is to go through a narrative that they... Uh, so there's this huge company called a uh, conglomerate called Arc A R C, uh, and they have an AI, uh, which is a, which is a, a combination of algorithms and data. And this AI is called Joan. Uh, I'm a little bit a play on Joan of Arc, right? Okay. So this AI called Joan. Oh,
0: Joan of Arc! I just got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh,
1: so Joan uh, is a an AI that serves a company. Uh, but all of a sudden, they find like there is this uh, mysterious database uh, bank in this AI system, and they don't know what it is. They only know that it contains memories about this woman called Anne. So we kind of built two rooms where each room consists three different identities of Anne, uh, and then the audience are supposed to come in and try to figure out. You looking at environmental storytelling, which is. Uh, the items in the environment that tells a story of this singular identity to try to attempt and profile who she is. Right. So that experience is trying to guess who she is. Do you look at a bookshelf filled with philosophical books and identify her as a philosopher? Mm. Or do you look at her like a camera with her dildos on the bed and you identify her as a cam sex worker? Mm. Obviously, most people chose the letter. Right. It's much easy because uh, then we realize the 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 the, the male gaze resides in storytelling as well. Right. Uh, how we perceive to be an exciting story uh, versus how we identify this person. So to me, I think that was interesting. So along the way, halfway through the AI through your information that you are giving this person starts to come alive. Mm. And then at the end of the day, you the audiences got to choose whether they want to shut down the AI and let the conglomerate continue running or they want to let the AI take over. Wow. Uh, so kind of like that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also my way of like, do we want to hand over our power uh, for a better future? Whatever that means, right? Mm.
0: So definitely the audience were like architects of what happens in the end mm. or um, what happens in the story, right? And, mm. and is that something that you are trying to do with your work like putting the audience's experience like front and center Mm. um, and giving them power is that Mm. a thing that you're focusing on
1: Mm. i think what i'm doing is i'm providing them with with an experience where they can kind of choose right okay so agency is a very funny thing because agency there's no true agency in life. <laughs>
0: okay. In a, game,
1: in a game, or at least in a video game, mm-hmm. there's no true agency, right? There's no true freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we perceive as freedom is often false. Right. And to me, it's to curate that experience where you can have mm-hmm. your own individual unique experience that's something that you come up with, but also at the same time, understand that uh, it is still a piece of theater that you watch, yes. right? It's not like I put a sand, in a box and you build whatever you want with yes. the sand. Yeah. But by putting sand in a box, you're already determining what this person is building, mm. at least with the materials. Yes. Uh, so I think that's what I'm trying to get at, mm. uh, which is to tell a story in a different way yeah. uh, and a way that you will learn and perceive by yourself.
0: Okay. It's interesting that you say that there's no true agency in terms of the like, in a game, mm. because when I was thinking about game design, mm. not that I'm very conversant with game culture or okay, okay. writing for games, mm-hmm. but I was thinking of the idea of the grand designer mm. designing the game, mm. um, and I didn't think about it in that respect where there are already these limitations in place, mm. conditions in place, mm. and you are, in a way, free to do some things mm. but yes, they've been preset. Mm. Um, how you do it mm. will, might be preset by someone, something. Mm. So that's very interesting in terms of power structures. Yeah, isn't and it? Dynamics. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. So do you play a lot of games?
1: Uh so the best thing about doing full-time work now, because <laughs> I'm full-time uh, teaching, teaching, uh, is that you have less time for, for games. <laughs> uh, and uh, people, when they look at games, they'll be thinking like, oh, you're just having fun, or you're not doing real work, right? Uh, yeah. But I used to game a lot. I'm trying to game more. I'm trying to... I'm also a little bit going uh, away from video games and a little bit more to board games. Oh. Uh, I mean, they're co-related, but it's also me just trying to see uh, what are the uh, things I can learn.
0: Right, mm-hmm. okay. So let's move on to your second production that's yes. coming up very soon. Um, it is called Dating Sim Beta. That's right. <laughs> um, and D- Dating Sim Beta is a 30-minute participatory theatrical experience mm-hmm. that takes the form of an interactive dating simulation game come to life allowing the audience a closer examination of their agency, which Mm -hmm. we just talked about, Mm -hmm. and prejudices in modern dating and relationships. So already I'm seeing some kind of like common threads between what you've talked about um, with your first production as well. So maybe let's start with why dating and Mm. a dating simulation?
1: Mm. Uh, So I mean it's always personal at first. It's always me trying to break down whatever is inside me. Uh, And also, I think this is uh, one of the responses I had uh, for Monica Bay's effect. What happened with Monica Bay? I mean, it started a little bit more with the Me Too movement, but then uh, the Monica Bay uh, thing kind of like propelled it in that sense. Because I always felt like I had a very toxic way of looking at dating and relationships. Mm. Uh, So a very good example is this, right? Uh, When you are first dating someone, uh, what needs to happen in order for a kiss to happen mm. right do you ask for it do you just go for it do you uh, what are clues or signs or gestures you tell uh, that you can tell from whether a kiss is allowed or not Yeah. right so i ask this question a lot to men and women and all of them surprisingly sometimes uh um, even for women they feel like oh don't don't ask you you know you just spoil the mood right just go for it right then i'm like oh my god that's so problematic to me at least because how then do you tell if this person wants it or not yes because you're relying on something so unreliable such as tells from so my, i always thought that if someone is if you're talking to someone and you're very close to that person and if that girl especially is looking at your lips while they're talking to you oh yeah, that's to what you, they say
0: yeah. they look for
1: then you're like oh, she is, she wants to kiss you mm. and I think that's really, really dangerous to, uh, to yeah so uh, perhaps it's my way of re-examining how I see and perceive relationships mm. uh, and how toxic masculinity or uh, or, the, or the patriarchy or how we view gender roles uh, affect in our way of I need to sweep you off your feet <laughs> and while dating.
0: So in terms of dating sim, is that what the audience is doing? Are we have you broken down mm. these these like very classic elements of dating and mm. things that happen in a date and then get the audience to decide like is this the right time to kiss? No, have you broken it down into almost like micro decisions that we may not think about or how how have you structured the whole thing?
1: Mm. Uh, first of all, it's uh, just a disclaimer for everyone. It is it is not gonna be thirty minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I explain why. Okay. And I explain why. Okay. Uh, because a uh, dating sim actually is a genre of game, uh, that started in Japan. Um, and essentially the storyline of a dating simulation is often about one guy, uh, trying to date a collection of women. <laughs>
0: that's right. already problematic yeah it's itself,
1: <laughs> in itself is very problematic and you and you do realise that parents will tell boys sons that hey keep your option open right date more girls and then yeah. you will know how it is mm. but when you tell a girl you'll be like keep your virginity <laughs> uh, and don't go around dating so many people because you will seem like a, a loose you know, a loose woman whatever that means yeah. um, and so the game itself is does that right so what it does is that You have to remember this person's birthday, where this person likes to hang out, and then when you talk to them, you have to choose between A and B and C, and then you have to choose the right thing. If you say the right thing, she will be happy and she will laugh, as if there is a formula to it. (laughs) And coincidentally, even though this this genre came out like, I think in the very early days of a video game, which is like early 80s, uh, right now, we still have the perception of like there is a certain formula to dating. Yeah. You do this, this person will react in this way. So the game takes on this very classic way of uh, almost like a choose your adventure-ish yeah. kind of uh, uh, model where you think you are choosing the right thing to say. For me, it's more of trying to have this gist of A and B, how do I choose? Uh, am I conscious of what I'm choosing? Yeah. Uh, and also, the protagonist, the person that you're playing, whatever you choose for this person, is it with the similar mindset that you have started with?
0: Right. So basically, in, in, in dating sim, mm. what is the objective of it? Uh, the audience is um, um, helping to make the decisions for, mm. I'm guessing, a man. Is that right? Okay. Yes. So what, what, is, what are they meant to do?
1: Okay. So, uh, ARC is back so this is kind of like a prelude so there's a fictional world and it's a prelude to attempts SG the first show that we did so ARC the conglomerate is um, devising a, a, an app or a system which is part of Joan uh, to kind of predict and help people to date better. Mm-hmm. That means rather than we go on embarrassing dates and stuff like that, I give you a formula and I go, I match you with someone like 100% match, right? I mean, this is the thing that we could talk about, classic Tinder. <laughs> uh, and we, we wish kind of Tinder like could give us 100% matches so we know exactly who I want to date. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And the way they collect the data, so they're trying to build this app. So in order to build this app, you need to collect that uh, data. And the way to collect the data is to get the audience to go through a simulation to understand what their choices are and what their preferences are. So they will have to choose between two women. One of them is called Moon, the other is called Kaoru. Okay. Yeah.
0: What's with this means?
1: Uh I mean, okay, so so Kaoru is a bit of a bit of an homage to uh Japanese uh dating simulation games, you know, and there's kind of exoticizing. This kind of characters right? mm. having that kind of name. And Moon is more of a generic kind of a, a way to look at. Basically, it's a fantasy of this protagonist. Right, right. It, Whatever that is. I'm means. guessing it will
0: make sense. It will make sense more when you're. The game, yeah. When people go for the show. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: why it's not 30 minutes is because there are so many segues. Mm. It's like kind of like a tree branching out mm. so the more I write the more branches there are yeah. and so I mean I ended up writing to almost 100 pages wow. uh, for a 30 minute performance yeah. uh, and it seems and then sometimes it can go for 30 minutes 35 minutes sometimes it goes to 45 minutes so wow. so I, I will never know yeah. mm. So
0: you'll never know until the audience is in the room yes. and, and they make all the decisions yes. which they make on a collective basis. Yes. Yes? Mm.
1: They they do they do by voting.
0: Right. So that's very interesting as well. Mm. Um, um like you said, the true agency is yeah. hard to find, right? Mm. Um so, yeah, so I like that dynamic as well. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Um so in terms of like late night texting, which mm. uh Dating Sim is is one of the programs in late night texting that's happening at Centre forty two on August 30th and 31st. Why, why is it in this programme and why do you think this platform is, is suitable for it?
1: So, um, my relationship with Center42 has always been really good. Uh, I said I'm really appreciative of what they're doing, uh, especially when they're trying to do work that relates to text. And of course, I have my own agenda. My agenda is to look at participatory works and go like, if I want to write a piece of text, or I want to write a script for a participatory piece of theatre, how do I go into it, right? I suppose my aim is to really look at how uh, to write a, a piece of work or to adapt in an existing, existing piece of work uh, of theatre play and then making it to participatory. So, uh, I'm still a bit interested in um, using existing theatre pieces and then converting it into a, a piece of a participatory work. Cool. Uh, right now, dating seems it's one of those smaller projects that I could do, on, I can work on my own just mm-hmm. to churn out uh, my... Uh, to constantly work on something. Uh, but eventually I do want to work on things like... Tan um, uh, Hao wrote a play called Undercover, right? Mm-hmm. Before Undercover was Undercover, it was a play called Axe. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to make it into a participatory experience. Oh. So, so my work also lies with trying to convert, adapt, proper place, proper place, <laughs> into participatory work, existing, existing place, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, into participatory work, so yeah. that might give us a taste of what's going to happen in the future with, yes, with yes. attempts, so definitely, that's uh, very exciting, mm-hmm. um, Thank you for that. So, Dating Sim uh, takes place on 30th and 31st August, as I mentioned, as part of late-night texting at Centre42. Mm-hmm. Performance is free, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but admission is first-come, first-served. So, so you have to queue. Yeah. So, I'm guessing that it's going to be very exciting for your show because people like really want to be part of it. It's interactive. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, more information can be found on Centre42's website, center L N 2019 Right? Mm-hmm. Um. But also, if you want to know more about co- the collective attempts, yes. collective, you can go to
1: www.attemptssg.com uh, So, attempts with a double S, right? A T T E M P T S S G.com. Or you could look for us on Instagram or Facebook Uh. via Attempts S G. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. And Yay. thanks for joining us, Reenter. Really, no, oh, thank you for getting your... work.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Thank you.